guess what, y'all? It is the end of summer, right? As we leave the self-quoted wedding season, because, you know, a lot of people get married in the summer for all kinds of reasons. If I ever get married, I'd like a fall wedding. I think it'd be nice. Anyway, weddings usually bring out the feelings of being lovey-dovey for those in relationships. And for others, it's the opposite. Love is in the air year-round. Okay, folks, it's in the air all the time. But it seems to make its presence known on certain occasions in grand form, most notably during weddings, Christmas, Valentine's Day, and others. Why am I talking about love? Well, it's simple, really. Remember back in episode 35 when I expressed a deep dislike for certain television couples? Well, I'm making good on my promise to talk about the ones I actually do love. And there's a lot, but I won't take up too much time. And I've sadly narrowed it down to at max about five-ish TV couples I absolutely love. They are my OTP, also known as my one true pairings. And I will go down with their ships forever. You will never change my mind about these couples. Okay, with that being said, let's get into this episode, yeah? It's very obvious what I'm going to talk about. Anytime I talk about TV, I always have to acknowledge the fact that there are so many shows out there I haven't seen. So just to get it out the way, spoilers, okay? Now, before I get down to it, let me make a few things clear here. These couples do not start the show being in a relationship. Not one of them are in a relationship by the show's start. I'm talking about pilot episode. They are not together. They do not start being together until later on in the series. Two, these couples have a slow burn with several sparks that lead up to their inevitability. Three, they have chemistry through the roof. They have to have chemistry through the roof. And the will they, won't they tension captures you entirely. Well, not you, but me. It captures me entirely. These are opinions, okay? They're not fact. They're not going to affect the real world. They have no real effect at all because what I'm talking about are TV shows. TV shows are based on fiction. They're not based on fiction, but they're mostly fiction because there's, like I've said before, there are writers behind these people. There are not people out there who act like the people we see on TV to a T. There's no way because we're all complex human beings. Okay, with that being said, let's get down to it. The five TV show couples I absolutely love start with this. Dwayne and Whitley from Different World. It's a different world. They are from two completely different worlds. Whitley being a debutante and Wayne is a math genius who is also headstrong. It's like a small take on Beauty and the Beast, right? 
you have this southern belle who is used to the finer things in life and then you have this guy who is quote unquote a beast but he's really just a nerdy genius who doesn't you know take slack from anybody headstrong right the way that they get together the smart remarks that slow burn like i was talking about the fact that there's no way that these two will actually get together but omg they got together they were one of the cornerstones of the iconic sitcom classic hate to love relationship even with its own off again on again romance we still get to see them as endgame they had six seasons six seasons and we see them on and off and on and off and you think to yourself how could anyone want to be in a relationship like that where they're constantly on and off i guess it has to boil down to true love or once again the will of the writers because in tv no in real world in the real world actually most people don't do the whole on again off again on again off again on again off again they're not we're not light switches we don't do that we either we either maybe we'll do it for like a a minute or two but sometimes we don't we're off and then it's off and then sometimes we're on and then it's on and then it's on forever but we don't do the whole on again off again on again off again because we have other things that we have going on in our lives but from the very beginning with these two i didn't see that they would be together it wasn't like a definite i would say because there are some couples on tv where you're just like oh yeah that's a definite match they're definitely going to get together based on how the writers operate but with these two it was kind of just like huh will they get together hmm, i don't think so they seem to express real disdain towards each other and then next thing you know boom they're together and you're trying to figure out well how did that happen how did we get from a to b to c to d you know i don't know but i do enjoy them as a couple on screen and i love the fact that they get married by the end of the season by the end of the series meredith and derek from gray's anatomy meredith gray and Derek Shepard, oh my goodness, Grey's Anatomy has been a part of my life for so long. I talk about the show so often, and this show, if I could just take a moment really quick. I know that if I were to have a specific episode dedicated toward Grey's Anatomy, these two would be at the pinnacle. They're at the top of the list. There's plenty of relationships in that sh in the series that i'm just like yes no yes boo and i mean just i can tell you right now that meredith and derek are in that big yes column obviously because this is an episode about the couples that i do love right and i told you about how i hated izzy and george so now let's talk about meredith and derek they start off very cutesy and gutsy, I might add, because we find out that he's her boss. In that same first episode, we they we find out that they literally begin a relationship 
based on a one night stand. Now, I know I've talked about slow burns and everything. This couple, they start off, they basically start off not in a relationship. They just have a dinner date. They, they do the deed and then find out that they both work together. Not thinking, oh, you know, I just did this with this guy and I don't know much about him. They barely knew each other's names in the beginning of the episode. And we just see, oh, well, you know, this is common in today's world. People just wake up with one another or sneak out on one another and just go about their day. These two just literally hook up and then think nothing of it, right? They don't think, oh, well, we'll, we'll come back. We'll, we'll try this again. They think, well, one and done, time to go. Thank you, ma'am, right? And sometimes that works for people in real life. That does work for people. I've never been in this situation, um, but I'm not knocking it. You know, I've heard of some relationships that have lasted where they started off as a one-night stand and it's kept going. It's not really my cup of tea, but I'm not knocking it. Not knocking it, okay? With Derek and Meredith, they had a secret romance. They had elevator moments. They had longing looks. Like, his nickname around the hospital was McDreamy because of his eyes for crying out loud. Like, he looked McDreamy. His hair was nice. His whole facial everything was nice. Like, you know, watching him on screen was just kind of like, I can see it. I can dig it. You know? He was a handsome, he's a handsome guy. Handsome guy. But what made me enjoy their relationship was the amount of work it took for them to actually be together. Yes, I know. I know that you know it's all tv i do but they went through a lot and it never really slowed down for them so like they just hit the ground running where they had a little secret relationship and then a big bomb burst their relationship so then we get to see the oh are they going to get back together? Are they going to make it an actual thing? And then they do get together and it's not what they both expect because, you know, one person is used to being in a relationship and the other person is just kind of like, I love you, but I'm going through a lot right now. And then you just kind of see that, that kind of, that, that push and pull for that, for another few seasons. And then we try and get them married and then, we get them married and they have children and by the end of the episode by the end of this, by the end of their love story the man is gone <laughs> but i think that's what makes it all worthwhile it's the drama is so much drama in this in this show and we only really get a glimpse of an end game quote unquote in like the other in what was it the covid season because she had COVID, so, you know, she, she, she was seeing him or whatever. That's our end game, people. We have to wait until she's off the show. Until the show is, is ended. You know, that would be the end game for them. They would be reunited in death. Honestly, I can't see her with anyone else. And the show is still on. The show is still on. And I'm so... I'm so, like, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I'm kind of forced to see her with other people. But for me, it'll always be Derek. It'll always be, it would always be Derek. Okay? Moving on. 
to a happier but also dramatic couple, Chuck and Sarah from Chuck. They are endgame. They are endgame. I don't care what anybody says. They are endgame. From the very beginning, from the very beginning, you hope that these two get together and stay together. But it wouldn't be a dramatic love story if there wasn't drama mixed in between. So much drama mixed in between. They have to work. It, it's They're both spies and, and Chuck is trying to figure out how to do his job. And Sarah's just like, you are my job. I have to protect you. I have to make sure that you're prepared for anything that happens. And Chuck is just kind of like, well, I mean, you're a beautiful woman. I'm spending so much time with you, getting to know you. Of course, I'm falling in love. Like, that is his whole thing, you know? Not his whole thing, but Chuck falls in love because he's spending so much time with this beautiful lady. And she's just kind of like, nope, you are you are a mark. You are a job. You are... We are not doing this. Like, all of her barriers go up. All of her walls are up. And there's no end penetrating that girl. Like, she's just, she's just, no, blocked. Blocked upon, blocked upon, blocked. There's so much layers to her character. And we try to, to see it and get slowly chipped away as Chuck finds his way and wiggles into her life. And he has feelings. And those feelings are very, very vivid. Like his feelings for her are on display for everybody to see. And it's cute. It's cute because she's just kind of like, nah, bruh. And he's like, yes, please, (laughs) ma'am. You know? Like, that's just what it is. But he breaks down those walls eventually. And we're just like, Anybody watching this show, anybody who has seen the show, because the show is long gone now. It had five seasons. No. They know. And you just you just can't help but root for those two. You, I, root, I was rooting for them from the moment I saw the two of them. I was like, yep. Chuck and Sarah. Endgame. That's it. There's no one else for him. There's no one else for her. They're going to do it. Because their love is incomparable. It's incomparable. They fall for each other in a way that is beautiful to see. She falls in love with him, not the spy. Not the, because he, you know, he gets this thing downloaded into his brain and he becomes like a super spy, but also not a super spy. And she falls in love with him because of his quirkiness, because of his, you know, like the way he thinks and the way he approaches life and and tasks and everything. And he fell for her. In a way that's just kind of like, okay, I'm going to take you as you are and just love on you and show you that you do not have to go through life without being loved. Because she basically was going through life like, well, I'm doing I'm doing a job. I can't risk being with anybody because it might be detrimental. They might, you know, get hurt or whatever. But we, we get past that. And the ending for for the Chuck series is bittersweet. It's bittersweet because the two of them are together, but there's this pesky memory loss thing that happens. It's a mission that just goes awry, but I believe that they find their way back to each other. I mean, the last episode, the last 
scene kind of shows us that they do get back together. But it's a long road ahead because, again, she lost her memory. She doesn't remember who he is. She doesn't remember her love for him. She just kind of thinks he's the enemy. And he's like, no, we're married. Remember me. And now that I think about it as I'm recording, I just like thinking about, of course, Coco, remember me. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's their, their love was epic. Their love is epic. I love, I love them. I love Chuck and Larry. Chuck, I was about to say Chuck and Larry. Oh gosh. Ah, two movies, two different movies. I mean, well, no, a movie and a TV show. I love Chuck and Sarah. I love them. Moving on, we have Jamie and Fancy from the Jamie Foxx show. Now, although this show is a complete sitcom, it's majority comedy. There's not much situational things that happen. It's a comedy. Jamie Foxx is hilarious. And he, if you've never seen the show, like, from the from the very first few scenes, you're probably going to be laughing your butt off because it's really funny. Jamie is an aspiring musician who comes to work and live at his family's hotel run by his aunt and uncle in L.A. He's from Texas, but he comes out to L.A. to be a musician. Like he, you know, this is basically a series just showing how talented Jamie really is. And he's a singer, he could play piano, he's also a comedian. Like, it all encompasses, like, who he is as a person. And so he comes and he's living with his aunt and uncle. And in that time, he works along this lady named Fancy, or Francesca, who is the front desk clerk. And he's constantly flirting with her, constantly, constantly flirting with her. He never misses an opportunity to flirt with her. And then he, there's this other guy, Braxton, who is always almost, no, he's almost always the butt of Jamie's jokes. Like, they have a good sparring back and forth with this clown in each other. But with Jamie and Fancy, all of his romantic advances towards her are mostly unrequited. And some of those scenes are downright hilarious. Some, not all, some. But he constantly flirts with her and she doesn't give him the time of day. So you're thinking, why would you pick this couple? Well, she doesn't at all. She doesn't give him the time of day until the last couple of seasons in the show. And so when you finally see that they get together, like they eventually get together and then they get married by the series end, but it's a fun ride to view along the way. Because again, like, she has her own, you know, relationship that she might go on a date here and there. Jamie goes on his dates or whatever, but there's always something that brings them back together, you know? And I think that, I think what makes them a great couple by the end of the series is just how it definitely takes time for Jamie to mature. Like, when he comes to L.A. and he comes to work at the hotel, he's not, like... Like, he's, he's trying to do his thing, but he's not in a place where Fancy can see him as, you know, a provider or 
someone she could marry and, and have kids with and things like that. She doesn't see him as like that. So she just kind of sees him as this, as this like immature kid. I mean, not really a kid, but just like, just this person that she's, because she has, you know, a certain standard at the time. So it's just kind of like, all right, well, I don't know that I want to be with someone who thinks everything is a joke kind of thing. And it makes sense to, to me to watch because I'm just like, yeah, some comedians, sometimes, you know, it's funny, it's fun to have a guy that can make you laugh. But when it gets to a point when there's serious things going on and all you can do is come up with a joke, then you know that maybe it's not, maybe you're not mature enough to handle the this, this stuff that's going on. And so he does get mature. He does mature and and changes changes a little bit i mean he's not he's not going to change completely but he does change and fancy starts to see him in a whole new way where she can let her guard down and finally be with him and they do get married which is nice and that was on for five seasons syndicated i used to watch it all the time on bet but i mean i just and when i thought about the couples that i love i was like yeah jimmy and fancier are one of them because like i i would also fall for a character like jamie because again he's funny and and you just i just watched him develop i watched him grow and, and mature and i'm like okay he can still be funny but he's a serious man he's a serious man when it comes to being serious when it needs to be serious and the last couple the last couple on the list is elena and damon now, I know what you're thinking. If you are a TVD fan, The Vampire Diaries, if you've ever seen Vampire Diaries and you were a fan of Stelena, Stefan and Elena, or anyone but Damon and Elena, that is fine. But you have to admit, watching these two spar back and forth change throughout the series was wild. I didn't like Damon at first. I didn't. I didn't like him at first. I thought he was cocky. I thought he was like too, I don't know. He just, he, his whole attitude towards life and stuff was just kind of like off-putting. I get it. He's a vampire. He's lived a long time. So he tries to have fun with whatever. But I wasn't a fan of his. I wasn't. I didn't like him at all. But at the same time, I'll let you in on a little secret. I'm a fan of the underdog. That's right. Damon is an underdog in this situation. Okay? The series, based on the books, is about this one girl who captures the attention of these two male vampires. One girl. And because she does... And because she looks like all of these different women from the past and they were living a long time, she captures their attention. One gets to her first and, or quote unquote, gets to her first. In her mind, she's like, okay, I met this man first. I fell in love with him. I should be with him. But in all, in actuality, she actually meets Damon first and doesn't realize it because he puts, he like tells her and has her forget it, like, you know, I want you to have everything you're looking for, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, and she's like, okay, cool. But he's, a, he's an underdog. He's an underdog. 
And the fact is, he is supposed to be unlikable. That is what the writers want. That is what the book told us, is that he's an unlikable guy. He's mean. He's crazy. He's impulsive. He's selfish. That is what they kept telling us. But what I was watching wasn't him being selfish, but being selfless. There are times where he was selfish. Don't get me wrong. But other times where he actually did the right thing. So it's just kind of a back and forth and it's it was hard because he would always like tell her like I'm selfish I, I I don't deserve you I don't deserve this I'm like yes you do what are you forgetting all the things that you just did are you forgetting all the times that you saved someone's life or put someone else's needs first because you did one bad thing so you're just like you're just erasing all the good things that you did that's not how it works you can't just do one bad thing and erase all the good things because then if you do one good thing, would that really erase the bad thing? No. Nothing gets erased. <laughs> Nothing gets erased. You know? But because he's supposed to be unlikable and mean, does he not deserve love? Is he unworthy? Okay, yeah, he's a vampire. Blah, blah, blah. Aside from that, Damon was actually a good person as a human being. But then he got wrapped up in... Catherine's drama. Catherine is the doppelganger to Elena. All right, so it's just this other girl that looks like Elena but has completely different ambitions, who's also a vampire, so of course. Subsequently, after he gets wrapped up in her drama, he chooses a different path because of his heartaches. He's heartbroken because he doesn't get chosen. He he's not the one that gets chosen by everybody. Elena doesn't choose him. Catherine doesn't choose him. His own mother didn't choose him. His father was 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 mean to him. You know? Stefan. Stefan leaves him because he's like, oh, woe is me. I can't believe that this has happened because he's the younger brother, right? So it's like, okay, when you're the younger brother, most of the time, the older brother gets all the blame because you're supposed to be the older Listen. <laughs> Listen, I'm going on a small tangent here. Damon had drama with his dad, with his mom, with all the girls in his life. This guy has a lot of issues, but the chemistry that he has with Elena is out of this world. Stefan is a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He's a good guy. But don't get him hopped up on blood binges because once he gets hopped up, it's a different Stefan. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. But he didn't challenge Elena. He didn't make her feel most alive. Those were her words, people. Her words. To be honest, Damon could have chemistry with a brick wall and I'd ship it. His story is just so compelling and interesting. And although he and Elena were endgame in the real series, like when this in the series they were endgame because they were the two that stayed together and, and were together. The real end game was the relationship between the brothers, Damon and Stefan. That was the real end game. And if you watch the eight seasons, you actually see how much Damon and Stefan love each other as brothers. They love each other. They would die for each other. They do anything for each other. That's the real end game. But because I'm talking about couples, you can't really say, I can't really say, okay, Stefan and Damon that's a couple I love. They're not a couple. They're brothers. Elena and Damon was the couple I loved. And 
I just loved it over Stefan and Elena. I loved it over all the other people that they were with. So, yeah. Those are the five couples. Oh, I have a bonus. Of course I have a bonus couple. Come on, people. You know me. Sinclair and Overton from Living Single. I absolutely adore them. I absolutely adore them. Ovi is a hardworking guy and he's a hopeless romantic. You know, he pines after Sinclair for the first couple of seasons. And then they finally get their time to shine together. And it's cute and relatable. You know, she is an aspiring actress who gets hired by her cousin, Khadijah, and starts working with, with her, you know. And the two of them, they're just so cute. Like, they're so funny and just kind of, like, oblivious a little bit. And they don't know. They don't know, like, how to do... I don't know. They just... They're just... I guess the, I guess my point is is that it's just like it's just watching it's like watching two teenagers get together like Overton he's he's all like oh man I really like this girl but I, I don't know what to say he gets all kind of like butterflies he gets all nervous around her and and it's it's so it's so cute to see and and she's just like oh well you know I I, I mean if a nice I like this kind of guy nice guy blah 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 like she's She's like, she doesn't see Overton like that until he makes it known. Like, look, nah, I want to be with you. And then they get together. He's a wise and clever, loving handyman who absolutely adores Sinclair. Their relationship isn't, a, isn't quite a slow burn, but it makes me smile. We only know that Overton likes Sinclair. We don't know her feelings towards him until after... After he makes it known that he has feelings for her. But we only see his side of things. So it's just kind of like. It's it's kind of one of those relationships. Where it's just one sided for a, for a while. And we're the viewer. Like us being the viewers. We're just kind of like. Make a move already. Do something. And this reminds me of. Another couple that I do enjoy. A whole lot. Which was Maxwell Sheffield. And Nanny Fine. Where it was just pretty darn obvious that they should have been together. But of course, he was worried about the kids. And he was worried about all these different things. And he didn't want to go there with her. But she's just like, look, I'm the right person for you. It makes all the sense in the world to me. You know? But Overton, he doesn't say anything for a while. And then he does. And I'm like, yes! I mean, and the other thing I love about this is that out of all of the... Out of all the four ladies, Sinclair is the first one to get married because it made sense. She's the only one that had a stable and secure relationship. All three of the other girls had issues with the majority of their relationships. It was very obvious. And I mean, Kyle and Maxine could have come close second, but they made each other too crazy. They were constantly nipping at each other's butts. Like, those two... When I, when I watched them, I'm kind of like, it kind of reminded me of Dwayne and Whitley, where it's just like, all right, well, you know, it looks like they hate each other. They act like they hate each other, but they could be a good couple. They could, they could make it work. But even while they were together, it was like, 
ah, like it was just kind of like, all right, y'all together now. Can you act like you love each other? Can you just move past all that petty drama? No. But unlike Dwayne and Whitley, we don't actually get to see them do the whole on again, off again because of how short the seasons were. It was only five or six seasons long or five seasons long, the show, Living Single. And we don't get to see them fight for each other or, or you know, get together really because Kyle ends up leaving at the end of one season he asked Maxine to come with and she's just like no I like my life here and he's like okay well I mean I love you but I gotta go and then we don't see them together for an entire season and then they then he comes back for like a few episodes and they reconcile which is nice I mean I'm glad they reconciled in the end but that's not fair to us (laughs) That wasn't fair to us, the viewers. I'm sitting there thinking, all right, well, he left. Well, maybe she'll go and be with him wherever he's at, like, and do, like, a long-distance thing. She didn't want to do the long-distance thing. She didn't want to do it. And I understand that. The only reason why we didn't really get to see that was because of the way that Kyle left the show. You know, he left the show, like, the actor himself, he left the show because of... mm, differences between the writers directors and all that he he left because of own personal reasons and then he came back was only because the show had gotten canceled and was ending and that was that living single was a was an awesome show it was an awesome show still is syndicated it's also on hulu watch the show but i couldn't choose kyle and maxine because i really enjoyed watching overton and sinclair more they just were lovable to watch they were a lovable couple they were a loved couple kind of reminded me of george wheezy or any other couple that actually made sense on on tv but yeah that's it that's all for now once again this was entirely opinion no harm no foul here hope you liked the episode tell me which of these couples that you love, maybe you didn't love them, maybe you have other ideas of couples out there, TV couples that should be represented. Again, I know there's a lot of TV shows out there. Just bear with me. I'm trying to watch them as I go. And I can tell you right now, this list could have been way longer because there's a lot of TV show couples that I love, absolutely love. But that's it for now. Thanks for listening. Thanks for taking the time to listen to KD Time with your host, KD. That is all for now. I'll catch you on the next one. Deuces!